thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. We are excited to feel and experience what God is doing in this house. I think before we go any further, would you lift your hands, lift your voice towards heaven, and let's pray. Let's ask God that his will would be accomplished in this place in the name of Jesus. God, I'm asking you, Lord, that you would touch, that you would minister, that you would transform. I pray, God, that your perfect will would be accomplished. I pray that you would be glorified in this house. In the name of Jesus, let your word go forth freely. Let the, let the word do the work that you have designed for it to accomplish. God, for we shall not live by bread, but by every word that proceedeth out of your mouth, God. I'm asking you, Lord, let your word work the perfect will in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Mark chapter 16, verse number 1. If you want to turn there with me in your Bibles, or if you want to watch, it will be up on the screen as well. 16th chapter, Gospel Mark, verse number 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away. For it was very great, it was very big, very large, very heavy. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But... Go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled, were amazed, neither said they anything to any man. Notice this next statement, for they were afraid. Heavenly Father, anoint our hearts, anoint our minds. God, I pray, God, that your perfect will would be accomplished. I'm asking you, God, that you would minister to the needs of your people. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Would you give the Lord a great hand clap of praise before you're seated? Amen. Last Easter, we were not sitting in this house. We were sitting in our homes, watching by way of webcast, a pre-recorded message, doing our best to celebrate a resurrected Christ. 
let me just tell you, there's something about being around God's people that you just cannot duplicate in your home alone. But today, this year, we are gathered together in this house to celebrate, to worship the risen Savior. And I think it would be appropriate right there where you're at to put your hands together one more time and lift up your voice and give God a shout of praise. Come on, God is worthy of your praise. God is worthy of your worship right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We celebrate you, Jesus. While some do not understand the value and the importance of this time of the year when we gather to celebrate, whether you call it Easter or you call it resurrection celebration, it's the time we come to celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Because the death, the burial, and the resurrection changes everything. Everything. Things are not the same after Calvary and after the resurrection. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to visit the empty tomb in Jerusalem. And as we ducked to go into the tomb, the ceiling was, or the doorway was quite low and we had to duck down to step in to the tomb we immediately noticed that there was nothing else there but there was a sign that said located in the tomb was a sign that said this it said he is not here for he is risen I'm going to tell you, I come today to celebrate because of an empty tomb. I come today to celebrate because of a resurrected Christ. I come today to worship and to praise Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Christ is one of the central truths of the Christian faith. Paul told the church in Corinth, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. That means good news. I declare unto you the good news which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you. Unless you believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sin according to the scripture. And that he was buried. And that he arose again on the third day according to the scripture. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we celebrate. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we dance. That's why we shout. That's why we rejoice. Because of a resurrected Christ. Oh, because he lives, there is hope for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, there's hope for you. 
because of a resurrected Christ. There's hope for your family. There's hope for your friends. There's hope for your co-workers. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. Because of a resurrected Christ, there is hope. We read in our text, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. He's not dead. He's not buried in a tomb. I can take you to the tomb of great men of old. But they're still there. But when I take you to Jesus, the tomb is empty. In study of scripture, there is what is referred to as the law or the principle of first mention. It simply states the first biblical appearance of a word or a doctrine gives us a precedent, a pattern, a biblical concept that can be seen throughout scripture. It sets the tone for all the new hues of understanding and richness of meaning that will emerge. As an example, let me take you to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, everybody say in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And notice this, say it with me, the spirit of God moved and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters this is the first mention we have of God's spirit and we find that the spirit of God moved that lets us understand something about the spirit of God we see a God whose spirit is moving. We see it. We serve a God who is in motion. We serve a God who is working on the behalf of his people. We see a God who is working things together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, we see that in Genesis chapter one and we experience that in 2021. Oh, hallelujah. We keep recognizing that no matter what we do, no matter what we go through, there is a God that's on our side and he is working on the behalf of his people. He's not dead. He's not motionless. We don't serve a still savior. We serve a God who is moving. He's moving. He's alive. He's well. He's risen. He's resurrected. He's powerful. He's almighty. Ladies and gentlemen, no matter what you're going through, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's the law of first mention in Genesis 1 verse 2. In John chapter 2, we're not going to read all this, but in John chapter 2 verses 1 through 11, there is an account of the first recorded miracle that Jesus did publicly. It was done at a wedding. At a wedding, they ran out of wine. They went, ran out of refreshments to be able to take care of the guests who had traveled there to be a part of this wedding. And in this first recorded miracle of Jesus, he 
told them, put water in water pots. And then he had the water pot served to the governor of the feast. When they served the water to the governor of the feast, what came out was wine. God transformed water to wine. Therefore, we began to understand from the law of first mention. We began to understand that our God is a transformer. It doesn't matter what you've been dealing with. It doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. It does not be- It does not matter the individual you have become. It only matters. Are you willing to let God transform you into something better, something greater? You may have been a drug addict. You may have been an alcoholic. You may have been... You fill in the blank. Whatever you were, I'm telling you, God wants to make you a child of God. God wants to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. law first mentioned. By the way, let me tell you how good God is at transforming this. He transformed the water into wine. They took it to the governor of the feast. And the governor of the feast said, wait a second. I don't understand. Most people set forth good wine at the beginning. And that which is weaker, that which is watered down, they'll give that at the end. But you gave the best wine at the end. You know what that tells me? It's an end time apostolic. You know what that tells me? It's a Pentecostal living in the last of the last days. God has greater in store for his church than what you and I have ever experienced before. Come on, somebody ought to clap their hands and give God a shout of praise. So we saw him in our examples. Genesis 1, we saw that he's a God that moves. In John 2, we saw that he is a God that transforms. Now the resurrection has happened. Jesus has arisen. There by the tomb, an angel begins to speak. And this is what he tells them. The angel speaking tells them to go tell the disciples what you've seen, what you've experienced, and tell them that God is going to meet with you. But I want you to notice something. It's so casual in the way that it is carefully inserted into the directions that you and I almost miss it. He said, tell the disciples and Peter. See, Peter having denied the Lord, Peter having walked away, would have certainly felt excluded from any gospel, any good news, and any hope of being used by God I'm going to tell you if you feel that way today whenever we begin to talk about the things that God does for the church the blessings that God is bestowing upon people when we begin to talk about that 
If you feel like, well, I messed up so bad, things are such a mess in my world that surely God doesn't have that for me. I'm going to tell you, if you feel the same way that Peter would have felt that day, then ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, this verse is for you. Tell the disciples and Peter. Tell the backslider. Tell the one that's messed up. Tell the one that made a mistake. Tell the one that knows he's done wrong. Tell the one... I'm preaching to somebody today that needs to understand that God came to save the sinner. God came to restore hope to the backslider. God came to welcome home the prodigal. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, he is the God of the second chance. And the third and the fourth and however many times you messed up, God is still ready to give you an opportunity to get your heart and your life right with him. He's the God of restoration. Everybody say restoration. He's the God of restoration. That's the powerful thing about this scripture is all of a sudden we begin to understand that God is the God of restoration. But here we've got the law first mentions. The first one he identified after he resurrected was a backslider. You know what that tells me? No matter what my sin, no matter what my shame, no matter what mess I've made of things, God wants us to understand he is in love with somebody that's willing to repent he's in love with somebody that's willing to turn their heart to him he wants us to understand he is the God of the resurrection the law of first mention after the resurrection was he reached for a sinner that may seem strange but I'm telling you God loves you no matter what mess you've made of things. God cares about you. No matter how bad you goofed up. God cares. God's concerned. Mm. I wish that every one of us could say we had never made a mistake. But I dare say that anybody that would make that statement just made a mistake again intentionally or unintentionally you just made a mistake again but I want to tell you you have a God that loves you you have a God that cares for you you have a God that desires to restore you. Oh, I feel it coming. There's my help coming right now. Come on, that's the anointing of the Holy Ghost beginning to move in this building. Come on, praying right now in the name of Jesus. Whether you're in this house or watching by way of webcast, I want you to know the power of the Holy Ghost is reaching for you. Your failure is not so fatal that God cannot fill you with his spirit and renew you and revive you and restore you. Come on, that's it. Praying. Come on, prayer warrior. Come on, intercessor. The Holy Ghost 
is in this house today. The Holy Ghost is in this house today to reach for somebody. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You feel that? That's the tug of the Spirit. His Spirit's moving in this house right now. We saw that in Genesis 1 and 2. His Spirit is moving in this house right now. He's reaching for people in this place today. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, reach. Reach in prayer. In a seed. In a seed today. Somewhere a backslider needs you to pray the prayer of faith. Somewhere somebody that walked away from the church, walked away from God, needs you to intercede. Mm, Would you clap your hands one more time? Give God a great hand clap of praise. Glory, 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 glory. Now we're about to make a sharp turn. So hang on. Our text this morning ended in a very strange way. At least with a casual reading. It read these three words. After all of this, it ends like this. They were afraid. They were afraid. But in the original language, that word afraid doesn't mean terrified. It means ecstatic. Ecstatic. Moments earlier, they were in despair. They were confused about life. They were depressed by life. They were without hope. But everything changed because they arose and sought him. Ladies and gentlemen, we must not talk about our obstacles, our schedules, our busyness, the demands of life without taking into consideration that a 2,000 pound stone stood between these women and their Lord who they thought was dead. But the stone did not stop them. They still came 
to minister to him. Oh God, let us not be so caught up in life that we can't find time to praise him. That we can't find an opportunity to come into the house of God and worship him with everything that is within us. Because the stone didn't stop them. We now find them, they were ecstatic. You know what that means? That means that the power of the Holy Ghost, the resurrection of what of Christ, the experience that they were encountering there, and then the angelic message that came from the lips of God to the ears of humanity was so powerful that they couldn't help themselves. Even though they, there was things that needed to be done, all they could do is get ecstatic, excited, praise, worship, exaltation. Now lest you think that's strange, 1900 years later, are you with me today? An eyewitness observer of the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California noted this. I read, I quote, this is what they said. They shouted three days and three nights because it was Easter season. The people came from everywhere. By the next morning, there was no way of getting near the house. As people came in, they would fall under God's power, and the whole city was stirred. They shouted until the foundation of the house gave way, but no one was hurt. Do you get this? Whenever these ladies got the message from the angel saying, look, God's going to meet you right up the road. And God has already sent word. For the, he wants you to tell the disciples and he wants you to tell Peter that he has a plan for them. He wants them to meet him as well. And they just got ecstatic. They just got beside themselves. Can you imagine... If you and I got to really realizing the revelation of the resurrection and we couldn't help ourselves, we couldn't even talk to anybody about what was going on because we were so beside ourselves in the spirit. See, this kind of blows my mind. Because some of y'all looking at me like, what tree did pastor fall out of on Easter Sunday? Don't he know the ham's in the stove and the turkey's on the grill? And the... I'm telling you, if we ever got a revelation of what the resurrection was all about, we would not be able to keep ourselves from praise and worship. The Azusa Street Revival, three days and three nights. No. <laughs> Pastor, don't ask me to have, don't ask me to stay here another 30 minutes. Three days and three nights. 
And they worshiped until the foundation gave way. I wonder what would happen. No music, no singing right now. I wonder what would happen if we'd lift our voice and begin to give God some praise and begin to worship him. Hey, it's Easter Sunday. It's time to celebrate. It's time to celebrate. Your God is worthy. Your God is worthy. when Bartimaeus took the cloak that marked him as a beggar and he tossed it aside because he knew when he got done he wasn't going to be a beggar anymore. I believe that somebody in this house needs a revelation that there is a God that wants to transform you. There is a God that wants to move in your behalf. Don't matter what mistake you made. It doesn't matter what failure you've had. It doesn't matter what shortcoming there's been in your life. It's time to praise him because God is moving in your behalf. As the musician and praise team comes, Heavenly Father, I have done my best today to preach what you have given me to preach to your people. I'm asking you, Lord, right now, by the power of the Holy Ghost, let there be such a revelation of the resurrection that comes to the heart and the mind of every believer that they find themselves entering into a place of praise, entering into a place of worship. Oh, God, help us today, God, to step into that dimension where there's deliverance and there's healing and there's salvation. Help us, God, to move into the realm of revival in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost starting to move through this house right now. The Spirit of God is calling people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. You're not going to leave like you came. Somebody needs to make up their mind. I refuse to walk out of here the same way I walked in. Today's going to be a transformation. Today's going to be a change. Today, things are about to be different. Church house, praising, 